Welcome to Pre-Snap Podcast, presented by Line Star App. Here's your host, Casey Bubba and Scott Bogman. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Pre-Snap Podcast, brought to you by the wonderful people at Line Star Sports. Make sure you check them out on Twitter at Line Star App and at Line Star NFL. And most importantly, download the app in the Apple App Store and the Google Play Store. Everything you need in the palm of your hands to build your winning DFS lineups. You can check me out on Twitter at BD Intric and my co-host, as always, on Twitter at Bogman Sports. Scott Bogman, how are we doing, my friend? I'm good, man. Hey, Steelers win. Big uh, win over a division rival. That was a lot of fun. And, um, I mean, there were some injuries that were not so much fun. Derrick Henry, obviously, going down. Jameis Winston going down um, and a lot of other uh, bangs and bruises. So uh, very strange week to say the least. A lot of blowouts, a lot of magic Mike White, but uh, you know, ready to uh, you know, get through it real quick at the top. And then, you know, we're changing up the formula here. We're going first look at week nine. Yep. We're going to mix it up a little bit, give you a little bit of a taste of what we learned from the week that was, but also looking ahead of the week that is ahead of us. And uh, also recapping the, uh, the optimal lineups uh, for FanDuel and DraftKings on the main slate to kind of give an idea of where things stood for the week. And uh, this is one of those weeks. It's a rough week to start out with that new formula because we'll get to it in a minute, but not many people would have had uh, Mr. Magic Mike leading the way here. But uh, let's take a quick look back at week eight. As you mentioned, Bob, it started off on Thursday night where Green Bay rolled into Arizona and just they 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 did the they did the deed is the way I'll say it. Both teams played great defense, but they got it done without Devontae Adams and they showed that there is a little bit of flaw in Arizona. Um, The other thing I'll mention is, you know, we talked about on on the radio show that um, DeAndre still banged up and um, Kyler's got an ankle issue. that's going to bug him for a few weeks. So it's going to be interesting going forward. You know what uh, made me the most mad about this was our first, we had our first showdown show and th- this week and uh, we're playing the showdown and Aaron Jones scores at the end. And I go, okay, well, Bubba beat me, you know, cause he, he was your MVP and all that stuff. So I go and I, and I go do a couple things. I think the game's over. I come back and there's 54 seconds left and I see that they have wiped the Aaron Jones touchdown. And I, I am up by a point and a half and Kyler Murray's about to score another touchdown. I'm definitely going to, to win. And he throws the pick minus two. I lose to Bubba in our first showdown by half a damn point. So <laughs> aggravating. So it's okay. You'll get even with me this week. So, but he, he, there's a shameless plug there from Bogman. We had the new showdown show on Thursday. And I hope some of you guys enjoyed it. I know I, I heard from a few people that said, uh, Nice little quick way to kind of get things going on the showdown slate. So you can put that with the the Ryan Humphreys um, article that he writes. Rock and roll. So that'll be good there. But you also hinted at it earlier. There were a lot of injuries this past week. And Derrick Henry going down, um, it uh, yeah, hurt a lot of DFS players. But more importantly, it did hurt uh, just football in general because he's going to be out, should be out for the rest of the season. They're trying to say eight weeks, but pretty much any doctor that's on Twitter said eight weeks is way too optimistic and nothing good ever comes from that. So I'd be shocked if we see Derrick Henry this year, Bugs. Yeah, I mean, it sucks because the, the Titans look like they're uh, you know going to make the playoffs. We'll see if that continues after losing the biggest piece of their offense. But they went out and they signed Adrian Peterson, who I think is they didn't call any other back. They didn't make a trade so far. I mean, there's still a couple hours till the trade deadline as we're recording this on a late Monday night after the Monday night football game. But, you know, 
it seems like they went with Adrian Peterson because he fits a certain mold. And the mold is give the rock to somebody 20 times a game and run it into the teeth of the defense. And there's no one else left out on the free agent market that can do it like Adrian Peterson did. I don't even know if Adrian Peterson can do it like Adrian Peterson did, but we're about to find out for the next, uh, whatever, nine weeks, Bob. So yep. we're going to see if it works or not. And I am not optimistic. Yeah, you know, it's it's crazy because um, I know in, in recent years with AP, it's always like, oh, there's nothing, nothing. And then he has, like, the fantasy relevance from time yeah. to time, especially in DFS. He has those weeks where you just want to, like, tilt for full tilt's sake, and he gets it done. But uh, we'll see because what's the difference really? Like, I, Okay, here's a question for you. It's not on the outline, but, we you know, we were big uh, Gainwell fans. Obviously, I did not go oh. as planned against the Eagles where Howard gets two touchdowns. And uh, Scott gets two touchdowns. Obviously, Scott seems to be the guy now. Would be shocked if Gainwell gets it. Who knows? But out of Scott, Howard, Gainwell, and AP, does AP go ahead of them for you? Yes, he does. Because he's going to get the work, right? So I may not be optimistic about him you know, being able to jump in there and replace Derrick Henry, but nobody can. No one else is built like Derrick Henry. Maybe Najee Harris might be the closest thing. And, uh, you know, he's getting 30 touches in Pittsburgh. So it's the same deal. You know, um, guys just can't, they can't handle this workload, even Derrick Henry. So uh, we're going to see it split between Peterson and Jeremy McNichols. But I expect Peterson to be the main guy and McNichols coming on passing situations and change of pace stuff. So uh, it's ugly. It's not a great situation. Just keep throwing it to AJ Brown. That's all we can ask for. Um, <laughs> Hopefully Julio gets healthy. That, and they nice can become too. more of a passing offense. Your boy, Ryan Tannehill, uh, yeah. you know, could uh, definitely he can run too. That. Don't, don't, don't forget that. That boy can run. So maybe he could be the RB one in Paying Tennessee. Too much money to run. <laughs> we'll see. Um, Buffalo, you know, week one, they lose to your Steelers. We're sitting there going, hmm, what's going on? Since then, they've looked like the team that we've all expected them to be in the preseason preview we did. We picked them to win the East, all these things. They've been awesome. They like It wasn't an easy one against the Dolphins, but it wasn't tough either. Like, we thought they dominated a lot more. They got the job done. You got them as the best team in the East with uh, Cincinnati losing, Cleveland losing, Chargers looking lost after a bye week. It was a rough week. Some of the big dogs in the East are AFC. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in in the AFC, you know, you've got uh, Buffalo who just won, and then like you said, those other teams lost. Baltimore was on a bye, but Baltimore got beat by Cincinnati pretty bad before the bye week. So it just seems to me like, you know, uh, I I I feel like Buffalo is the best team in the AFC right now, and I don't know if I see too many teams competing with them. They look real good. They look real, real good. Josh Allen. Makes you look easy if you played Emmanuel Sanders on Sunday. Apologies because uh, he was non-existent. He had four targets, zero catches. It was, um, as a friend of mine said uh, last night when we were trick-or-treating with our kids, uh, he had Emmanuel Sanders in our fantasy league, and he said, well, at least he got a good cardio exercise in. That was good for him. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what happened out there, but Diggs got to the end zone for you touchdown folks out there. Um, Urban Meyer, we've been waiting for the week where he gets fired. Somehow I think he makes it to at least the end of the season before he's yeah. gone. Uh, that, that's just the way it's going to go. If but he didn't get fired this week, Bob, true. he ain't getting tough. fired. Uh, I mean, tough. how do you come off of a bye week and lose by 24? Uh, I just, I won't understand that because, it, you know, maybe if you're playing Buffalo or Dallas, you know, Tampa Bay, New Orleans, someone good, okay, you're still Jacksonville. You still have that roster. But not Geno Smith and the non-existent defense for the Seattle Seahawks mm-hmm. right now. Like this is a, this was a very winnable game and they lost it. So I just, I don't know what to do anymore. You throw your hands up, uh, Jamal Agnew and, uh, 
stupid Dan Arnold are getting more hey, targets. What are you doing with LaVisca? You cut him. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's not doing anything. They're throwing the ball to Jamal Agnew more. So uh, I think LaVisca's cuttable. I think in a couple weeks, Marvin Jones is going to be cuttable. So it's just, Rob. you know, James Robinson got hurt. Luckily, it's not serious. Hopefully, he'll be back this week. But, uh, I mean, I don't know what to do with this team. They're ugly. Stuff you got Carlos Hyde out there. If you're on your waiver wire, he's worth the stash because he came in and ran for like 72 yards or something after Robinson went down. So that'd be somebody to keep an eye on as well uh, for the following week. The Saints, like we know, Eli Manning has Tom Brady's number. Apparently, the Saints have Tom Brady's number. Last year, that was like the, the roughest games were against the Saints, and we said Breeze. Okay, cool. Well, now he goes into the dome. Winston leaves with an ACL injury. Trevor, Trevor Simeon, of all Simeon. people comes in like i had to double check my phone to make sure it was the right name that came in there he comes in and leads the leads the saints to a victory over tom brady and the bucks Bucks. yeah and um i mean who knows who the quarterback is going to be this week because they said you know Taysom was doubtful this week but he should uh, clear protocol and, and uh you know be good to go this week i kind of like him if he is average 23 points a game last year which uh as a starter and that would put him around 14 or 15, some somewhere in that neighborhood. So, you know, uh, he's probably a decent price on uh, for DFS this week, too. So I'm a little interested just because he runs so much. But, yeah, New Orleans got a big hill to climb. They're going to have to win a lot of games on defense like they did this week. Look at you with your dad jokes. You don't even know it. Well done there, Bogman. Very, very proud of you. Big hill to climb. Um, going to, to, to Denver here, Jerry Judy returns. We're all excited about that. It turns out him and Gordon Sutton are just like the same guy. They're just going to split the load. You got the running back situation. It was a Melvin Gordon week, but they still split the load. It's uh, it's tough sledding for fantasy owners with Denver, Boggs. Dude, they spread the ball too much in Denver. Teddy had, he had four targets to half the guys, three targets to the other half of guys. And then, you know, it's 50-50 with the running back still. Uh, no offense, hard to trust. Moving forward, Judy is eating into Sutton. Hate that. Didn't expect to see it, but we did see it. Um, you know, Teddy didn't look great. They just won this game because Washington lost it, I feel like. So uh, the Broncos are frustrating, I guess, is my point here. And then Kyle, G- or Kyle Gibson, wrong sport. Um, Antonio Gibson, we know he's got the fracture and he's going to be kind of just playing yeah. through pain type thing, or he's not going to play at all. Well, the workload gets less and less of late. Now the backups are getting some serious run. Are you, um, what are you doing with Gibson? Um, ah, that's a good question. I, I think I run him out there until they quit running him out there. You know, this week it was particularly frustrating because McKissick led in snaps. Jarrett Patterson was last, but all three running backs got 11 touches. You'd like somebody to get cut out of that equation, right? But Antonio Gibson's your best running back. You're not going to cut him out, but he can't handle it. So you add Jarrett Patterson. So uh, in season long, I'm a grab and stash Jarrett Patterson fan yeah. for sure. Uh, grab and stash him just in case Antonio Gibson goes, does go down because at some point Washington's going to realize, all right, it ain't going to happen for us this year. Let's go ahead and shut Gibson down, get him healthy for next year, and we'll see what Patterson has. And that is going to be sooner rather than later. 100% agree. I, I drafted Gibson in a lot of leagues. I love the start of the year. Things have gone downhill since then, obviously. I'm going to be trying to grab Patterson everywhere I can and stash him, like, easily. Because, like you said, eventually they just got to realize, let's just call it a day, get him healthy, run these guys out here and see what happens. Um, Sunday night football. Like, this was just we, – we knew this was a bad week of football, Bogman, and overall the games were not great. Like, really, there's a couple of good ones. Like, the Colts game was what we thought it was. But 
Sunday night football, Dak gets a uh, scratch, not active with the injury. Cooper Rush comes in there. Look pretty darn good, Box. Gets hey. the W. Hey, man, Cooper can sling it, right? So everyone Cooper, named Cooper, Cooper in the NFL is good. Uh, you know, Cooper Rush, Amari Cooper, Cooper Cup. Cooper to Cooper for the winner. Uh, I love it. Yeah, they were. Um, they are great, uh, the Cowboys are. They've already wrapped up their division, and we got bad Kirk Cousins. And, yes. uh, you know, Justin Jefferson was a little banged up and dropped a couple balls too. So uh, I just, um, you know. Cowboys are good, and I know people hate hate to hear it, but they're good with a backup quarterback. Doesn't matter. This is a good team. If a, if a writer in Dallas didn't use the headline "Hanging with Mr. Cooper" at all, I'd be really, really ashamed to be a, a Dallas sports writer. Yeah, yeah. You. See, you and Welsh, just the dads, uh, going to the same joke. So don't know, though. don't know if you heard uh, the ITL show this week, but yeah, yet, uh, no. definitely Welsh made a "Hanging with Mr. Cooper" reference. Should have so. known. Should have known. Yeah. Yes, good for him. Smart man. Uh, <laughs> last but not least, some, uh, Monday Night Football was a bummer as well. Uh, the Chiefs, like I keep hoping they're going to get there. I got to stop hoping because it's it's dreadful. I got to watch maybe about a quarter and a half of that game, and it was horrific. Kelsey fumbles, uh, Mahomes fumbles, and uh, the part I watched fumbled it, but they recovered it. I needed 25 points in the PPR league, and I had Mahomes and Kelsey going bogs, and I lost. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Kelsey's performance tonight definitely did not help you. It was a Tyreek Hill night. Uh, look, the Chiefs are beatable, right? It's not a mirage. It's not a speed bump. It's not any of that stuff. Uh, they are beatable. And the Giants should have had them tonight. And uh, who is uh, Derek Gore? I remember playing at Louisiana Monroe. Apparently, uh, our big Alabama guy at ITL told me that he was a six string guy before he transferred. He looked decent, but they split him and Daryl Williams up. So, I mean, the Chiefs are bound and determined to ruin running backs, regardless of who they are, I feel like. If you're Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who was having a decent year before getting hurt, it doesn't matter. Uh, they're here to ruin running backs. This is Andy Reid's lot in life is, uh, you know, make Mahomes look good and make running backs look bad. So it's super, super annoying. Uh, but, uh, I mean, I don't know. Derek Gore might go on to the ad pile, too. Yeah, no, he's got at least on the watch list, as they say. So yeah. that'll be your week eight recap of things before we get a look, up, look ahead to week nine. Let's go over the top lineups, the optimal lineups that you can find on Line Star Sports on the Line Star app or on the website, linestarapp.com. Uh, we'll do DraftKings and FanDuel because they're basically the same. But real quick, before we get in there, I have DraftKings pulled up on my phone. And I just wanted to just let people know how crazy this week was. Here's your top five quarterbacks in scoring. Brady, Magic Mike. Jimmy G, Josh Allen, Justin Fields. So three out of five, you would never would have played. Like we all uh, planned. It gets better. Running backs. Michael Carter was your lead player there. Like I had him in a couple GPPs, but still, like you had to like, finagle that. Joe Mixon, Eckler, Mitchell, Henderson. Okay, not bad. Receiver. AJ Brown, Godwin, Pittman, Tyler Lockett week happened. Cooper Cup and Debo Samuel six. So the receivers, as you expected. And then tight end, we had a TJ Hawkinson week. Mr. $2,800 Dan Arnold was the second highest mm. guy. Friar Muth was the third highest. Dallas Goddard because he got half of the targets from Jalen Hurts. And then I'll give you one guess who the fifth guy is, Bobby, because you'll never guess it. Tyler Conklin? Brevin Jordan of the Houston Texans. Oh, with his garbage touchdown. Yeah. But, like, but literally, so the prices here. We had a 5,400 Hawkinson, but then 28 Arnold, 36 Friar Muth, 47 Goddard, 25 Jordan, 25 Jesse James, 25 Jeff Swaim, 25 Jordan Aiken, 25 Tyler Croft. Those are all your double-digit scorers in fantasy and tight end. Toe tap, like Pat, man. Guys. 
we we talked about toe tap pat uh yeah. i didn't think he was going to have that toe drag swag uh, but just on, punt on it was Sunday, a punt week at tight end it really Wild. was so and look most weeks are punt weeks for me on yeah. tight end so you know, but then again, when, when you look at the optimal lineup, it wasn't a punt week because he could punt elsewhere. Like, here's your optimal DraftKings lineup, Bogman. You used $49,600 of your $50,000 budget. Mike White, Joe Mixon, Michael Carter, A.J. Brown, Pittman, who was a beast. Lockett, T.J. Hawkinson, so you, you didn't have to punt at tight end in that scenario. Chris Godwin and the Eagles defense. <laughs> Besides Mike White, what really stood out? Because like, in, 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 if you really sat down, you can kind of picture some of these guys playing out the way it did. I never would have put this combo together. Obviously, that's why I'm still poor. But um, <laughs> in, in, anything else stand out to you here? I mean, not so much. You know, I Chris Godwin has been third forever and finally had a good game, uh, which you know still. We Both weeks without of, ABs had good games. Right, but but that's to be expected. No AB, you know, he's going to get a couple more looks from Brady and all that stuff. So uh, I understand that. Mike White really is just unbelievable, you know. And, and Sala said that, look, you know, if he plays well, uh, we're going to make he, – he can be the starter. He can earn this job, which I think is great. So, um, you know, trade Zach Wilson to Pittsburgh, do that. Ooh. But, yeah, I mean, uh, look. He looked amazing. That is what really stood out. And look, Joe Mixon a little bit too, because we went into this game thinking Samaje Pirine has a role because he did for two weeks. Yep. And then all of a sudden, disappearing act. 44 snaps, I think the 17, somewhere in that neighborhood was the, the split there. So back to Joe Mixon, you know? But going forward, like Mike White, we knew it going into this week. We joked about all the checkdowns. Well, this week it was a ton of checkdowns again between Michael Carter and I forget the other running backs. Uh, it was Johnson, Ty Johnson. They had a boatload of targets, like well over half the targets from Mike White. How sustainable? Like, is this is this Chad Pennington all over again? I don't know if it's Chad Pennington, but uh, well, let me ask you this: ten uh, eight for Carson Wentz, nine uh, nine eight for uh, Mike White in the showdown on Thursday night, which just got interesting, right? Because it looked like, oh, we're going into this without, uh, you know, without Zach Wilson, the Jets are going to be really bad. Now they just put up 40 points against Cincinnati, who a lot of people had as a lead in the AFC uh, because they just beat Baltimore until this week. So very, very interesting. Who would you rather have, Carson Wentz or Mike White? I'll be playing both for starters, but um, I'll take Mike White just for the fact that if the Jets resort back to the old Jets, he's going to throw a ton from behind. So that's fantasy right. points. I think I'm going to take Carson Wentz just because I don't like uh, I don't like the secondary for New York still. But no, I, uh, you know, I I think it's a coin flip, and it never would have been a coin flip uh, on Saturday last week. Everyone thought Mike White uh, was terrible, and he comes out and has a hell of a game. Yeah, so that'll be a fun one to monitor. Keep playing Michael Carter while he's affordable because he's like we, that was the one thing we, we hinted at it. If they're behind, tons of checkdowns, PPR format. Like in Fanduel, it's not as ideal. He was still in the opt or he was not in the optimal lineup. Him and Daryl Henderson flip flopped. Oh, Michael Carter was he was in the flex. My bad. He still paid off there without even um, without even it was only half PPR in Fanduel. So pretty impressive stuff there. But keep an eye on that one. AJ Brown three weeks close. Uh, Post Chipotle disaster has been a monster each week. So maybe yeah. we should just all eat Chipotle. I don't know, but um, he, he's been great. 
I'm uh, like Stan it, from South Park. Chipotle just doesn't kill me. I don't. I don't know what it, y'all are doing. Well, my so. stomach just everything. It is what it is. It's either all or nothing. So it, I just don't worry about what I eat anymore. <laughs> but um, <laughs> it's, it's it, we just we, we play Russian roulette with food. Yeah. Um, and then the last but not least, like the Eagles defense, I didn't expect them to be that good. Like that was. I know Detroit's bad, but Bogman, like it was horrific. Like Dan Campbell, my man, what happened? I, well, look, I said this was going to happen going in. I said you you uh, unload the tank against L.A., you pull out all the stops, everything, and you just uh, you can't get it done. It's deflating. And I think you get to that point in the season where you're 0-7, 0-8, all that stuff, and you, you just see the writing on the wall. You start to go for the offseason and stuff, and not necessarily, but it's just hard to get yourself up for a game when you've lost eight in a row and you just know. You know, you, you just know you're going into this week and it's going to be a loss. And this was a winnable game for Detroit. A lot of people thought that this was going to be their first one of the season, but it was not even close. And uh, I think this is kind of the Detroit you're going to see for a lot of the season. They're going to bow up and maybe win a game and blow some spreads for sure. But I think for the most part, this is what you're going to get out of Detroit moving forward. And the last thing I want to mention is if you're on the Lion Star app or on the website, you can check out. They break down the different like lineup builds, what's been successful, the average price per position, so on and so forth. It's really cool to check out. And basically, I'm doing small slates. There's been 30 total small slates. Small slates is two to six games. Um, so you can go that route. But let's actually make it more relevant. Let's just do 12 to 16 games. That's most of the main slates. So that gives you 22 lineups, bigger slates. In nine of the 22 lineups, quarterback wide receiver stacks have led the way. In six of them, tight end wide receivers. Keep that in mind. Not the quarterback, just the playmakers getting that. And then every lineup has a team stack. Only five. This is what we've talked about in previous shows because we've been paying attention to stuff. Last thing I want to mention here, unless you got something else. Five, only five of the 22 lineups had multi-team stacks. That tells you 17 winning lineups did not have any bringbacks. That used to be such a common thing you had to do in previous years is you had to have a bringback. Like if you had Lamar and Hollywood, you had to bring it back with someone from the other team. Not anymore. Right. Keep that in mind going forward. Yeah, that's uh, that's really interesting stat. So, like you said, something to keep in your brain when you're setting your lineups. Yeah, and we'll we'll peek at that stuff each and every week on this Monday. And if you guys got more stuff you want us to kind of recap or preview, let us know. We're here to uh, conform it to what you guys are looking for. What you can also look for is our pretty faces on the Line Star YouTube channel. So go check that out. Give it the old subscription and the thumbs up there, or give it a rate and review on iTunes. We truly would appreciate it. All right, before we head on out of here for the week, let's get a look ahead, Bogman, to some. NFL week nine action here. And before I come in, I have this pulled up because I'm a professional and I just wanted to check real quick. If my phone, there we go. Phone's not frozen anymore. We have four teams on by, we have the lions, Seahawks, Buccaneers, and the Washington football team on by box. Cause there's 28 teams, 14 games this week. That means we have an 11 game main slate. Lucky us. Um, <laughs> anything stand out to you here? You know, you got New York, Indianapolis on Thursday night, like you mentioned, um, another kind of rough slate. It might be even worse. Let's than just last start week. right there uh, w- with the Thursday night game, Bob, because uh, Colts are get are giving ten and a half points after what we just saw from New York on a short week, and we saw the turnover happy machine that Carson Wentz was specifically at the end of the game with that ridiculous pick six, and somehow they score again and still end up losing the game. Um, you know, uh, is that too many points to be given the Jets? It's weird because, like, I already see where the money's going on this. Like, and um, I think everyone's kind of okay. The Jets, we were, were horrible, horrible, horrible. They got the big win. 
Now it's like, dude, and, and the, the Colts fall on their face. Like everyone's wants to take the Jets. This might be a week to take the Colts. Yeah, I, I they're the better football team. There's no arguing. They're that. definitely the better team, specifically yeah. on defense. Uh, and you know they uh, they did let up 34 points this week, but I think they're going to play better this week. But ten and a half is a lot to lay for it's a Thursday ton, night. So I, I just I'm not quite sure what I want to do with that game yet. I'll be sure by the time we get there. But yeah. that one kind of stood out to me perfectly. But a lot of these lines, I mean, the next line up here, uh, New England and Carolina, only three and a half for New England. That seems fairly trappy, doesn't it? Because yeah, Darnell got hurt last week. We might see PJ Walker. This is like it screams to take New England with an over under 41. So not a lot of points. England just kind of running the ball or New England running the ball or what? It seems like a, a rough one for sure. Yeah, exactly. So uh, that one feels trappy. Buffalo minus 14 over uh, Jacksonville. Jacksonville. I mean, that's a road game, but yeah. Jacksonville is just miserable. They just lost by 24 coming off a bye. And it's so weird because Buffalo went into Miami this year as like a 14-point uh, favorite and dominated. Then at home at 17 and a half, they can't even cover. So who knows what team shows up here, but it's a weird one. You got New Orleans hosting Atlanta, uh, which who's quarterback? And they're getting given six on the road or at home with who knows what quarterback. <laughs> we didn't even talk about Calvin Ridley, right? So, oh yeah, uh, yeah. you know Calvin well, Ridley. Good for him. Hopefully, gets better. But yeah, that's a big. Uh, yeah, it's a huge loss for Atlanta, huge, and huge. what it does, in my opinion, is in terms of fantasy and uh, you know setting your DFS lineups and stuff. I think it before getting another wide receiver in there, like going and grabbing Russell Gage or paying for him this week. I think what it does is really open up uh, Mike Davis because yes. Patterson's going to have to play more wide out because they just yeah. don't have a one. He's got to be the one now. So uh, he's still going to get snaps of running back because they did it in this game. But um, and it's probably something they game plan the whole week. So I think he's going to play much more wide receiver moving forward. <coughs> Excuse me. So, <coughs> so Davis, I'm choking on my words. Uh, I, I so badly don't want to say it. Mike Davis is going to have a real role moving forward yeah. now. And I, I hope he does. But. This is fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. He might get me again here. Well, we've seen it the last two weeks. That really, we saw the, the, the England game. They had a bye week. They saw this game. Um, he was much more a part of the passing game, like you said. So he at least had some fantasy relevance, especially in PPR formats. Wasn't running the ball a ton still, but definitely will have some appeal. One of the better games this week, Minnesota at Baltimore. It's somehow a five and a half point spreads, I guess, because they think um, we're going to get bad. Bad Minnesota again, but I think this is an interesting football game because Baltimore, we've seen them be really good and really bad, Bogman. And did Baltimore get exposed by Cincinnati in that mm-hmm. second half when they gave up all those points, right? So, um, you know, four second half touchdowns for Cincinnati, I believe it was 17-13 at halftime. Baltimore was up, and it finishes off 41-13. So, um, you know, can Minnesota game plan for that? Baltimore coming off a bye, though. So, yeah. um a lot of people in on Rashad Bateman. I'm not as much in on him. I do like him, and I think he's the best wide receiver on, on Baltimore. But, you know, Marquise Brown's still there. Mark Andrews is there. Sammy Watkins still there. Lamar's going to run a bunch. They're going to run first. It's kind of what they do. So is Bateman going to have a big game or put something together? Because that Minnesota secondary is yeah, – those, uh, those corners are bad. Like Harrison Smith is still a very, very good player, but those corners are rough right now. We got another big spread. Uh, Dallas at home, nine point favorites to the Broncos. Over under 49 and a half, some of the higher totals on the slate, which is something we'll monitor. We assume Dak will be back, but at the same time, 
Dallas might have saw what Cooper Cooper Rush just did. You got a Denver team you know you can take advantage of. Maybe let Dak get a little healthier. Yeah, I mean, I think he was so close to playing that he's yeah. definitely going to play in this game. And if he does, I think this is just a Dallas route. I mean, I don't like Vic Fangio as a coach. I don't like what Teddy Bridgewater has done recently. And, you know, they barely escaped Washington, who is not a good football team this year. So I think this is a Dallas route right now, and I don't think my opinion is going to change that much. Uh, we don't need to talk too much about this, but as a Dolphins fan, I'm shocked to be laying seven at home to anybody. I know it's the Houston Texans who are dreadful, but um, seven points by the Dolphins, that's going to be a fun conversation for a Thursday show. Bugman. Are we going to get a trade done? I hope not. <laughs> I don't think it's going to get done. I don't so. think so. There's too much baggage still. Way too much baggage for all those right. picks. Way too much baggage. Um, two more games that I wanted to hit on for sure coming up here. We got Eagles hosting the Chargers. Chargers coming off a tough loss after a bye week. But Chargers rolling at two and a half point favorites over under a 50 and a half, the second highest total on the slate, Bogman. Um, we could get a Chargers bounce back. They need it in a bad, bad way because the Eagles, you know, they they scored 44 points. They had four rushing touchdowns, but Hurts still did not look good in the passing. I know they didn't need it this week, but they still do not look good. I think it's hilarious that you look at this and you see all of the money is already on the Chargers. It's like if Philly comes off this huge win, just a stomping of Detroit. And still nobody has any faith in them. And I think that's the right thought process, too, because they have been not great this season. And um, I just really don't like what they're doing uh, on offense, particularly with if Jalen Hurts isn't your guy, then bench him and play Gardner Minshew. Right. I don't I don't I just they're doing nothing with these wideouts. Jalen Rager just got hurt. But Devontae Smith got had one catch. And I know they didn't pass the ball and they didn't need to. They ran the ball 49 times or whatever because they were beating Detroit senseless. So. I get that, but I, I think if you have a young guy like Jalen Hurts and he is your guy, you just run your offense until you don't want Jalen Hurts out there throwing passes anymore, and they didn't do that. They switched everything up, and um, it just didn't make a ton of sense to me. They still won going away, but, I mean, it's beating a dead horse. The Detroit is rough right now, so um, I have no faith in them, and I, I – I don't have as much faith in the Chargers as I did before, particularly coming off a of bye week and then losing. But Bill Belichick can win one by scheming, yep. uh, you know, at least two times a year. So uh, we'll chalk it up to that and see if the Chargers can bounce back. I do believe in them here. And then the game of the week for me, at least, at least on the main slate, Green Bay seven and one heads into Kansas City with John Wick under center for Green Bay. If anybody didn't see that one, now we know what the hair is for. Absolutely outstanding. Uh, Kansas City, another tough, tough week here. They're still two and a half point favorites over Green Bay. Highest total on the slate of 55 and a half, Bogman. This feels I mean, like, how? I was going say, this feels like a very high over under the way Kansas City's moving the football. Green Bay had extra time to prep for this game. Kansas mm-hmm. City has less time to prep for this game. The one benefit that Kansas City has is they're at home. Look, Patrick Mahomes and Kansas City can go crazy at any point and roll away with a ton of points. I don't see it happening. They haven't done it. We just got done talking about how this isn't a speed bump for Kansas city. They narrowly won this game at home against the giants. If you're narrowly winning against the giants, how the hell are you favored against the Packers who just went on the road and beat an undefeated Arizona team? I don't understand this line at all so i'll be taking green bay with confidence and i know that's a public bet it's a trap bet everything says it's admiral akbar here it's a trap you know but 
I don't care. I'm going to take Green Bay because I do not believe in what Kansas City has been doing recently. That's one that just jump on the money line now is what I would say. Yeah. Because if it goes the other direction, I'll be shocked. Like That'd be some very, very insane line movement to me. I could see it going the wrong way for you. So get on it now. It'd be my two cents because maybe the Chiefs figure it out eventually. I just don't see how this is the week they do it. So right. make that happen. Um, Sunday Night Football, Tennessee and the Rams should be an awesome one. Over under 54. Be a fun uh, showdown slate to get to on that one. And they got Chicago and Pittsburgh on Monday night with a total of 40 Bogman. My goodness. <laughs> well, did you see the 15 to 10 game against? Uh, let's hope we get Manny cast again for the life of us. They're done. They're on a bye week. So it's, oh, uh, it's God. just the, the greasy Riddick in, in uh rabbit show. So it's like, I'll be watching uh, that on mute, uh, which look, I think I would watch just because this is my game anyway. Because I, while well, as much I love the Manning cast, but for my game, I want them to be calling what's going on in the field. And yeah. for half the it's game, it's hard to watch the game when you're watching the Manning cast. Yeah, Eli and and Peyton will just, you know, they're talking to John Stewart, they're talking to Michael Strahan or whoever, right? So they're not really calling the plays and stuff. So, uh, but this is going to be interesting. I think this is a blowout either way. I really do because it's either T.J. Watt and. Uh, Cam Hayward and, and the Steelers defense just get to fields and eat them alive, or they keep getting close and he keeps slipping and, you know, uh, getting 15 yards uh, in a first down every third play, something like that. So I think it's going to be a uh, boom or bust on either side for that game, but I'm super excited to watch it. And a nationally televised game means I get red zone all day on Sunday, which is my favorite. I love it. There you go. You get to not stress out during the day. You get your own show on Monday night. It's kind of a, a win-win for Bogman and Gumby. Show up and for this show next week, either really happy or really uh, mad. And probably one of the better shows of the year, voice. folks. Let me tell you so. that much. Because if, if somehow the Bears win, I'm not. I, I'm not. I'm such a nice guy. We know that. So there'll be no yeah. jokes or anything thrown out there at all. So mm. yeah, well, your team's one stuff. and seven. So. But uh, anything else to preview the week, Bob? We'll be back on uh, Thursday with the bets and previews. We'll have the, the showdown show. We'll also have on Friday the DFS show. So anything else to get people ready for week nine? I mean, I'm curious to see what Kyler has on this bum ankle against San Francisco, right? I think that is a pretty decent matchup. Um, who do you have in Cleveland and Cincy right now? I still go with Sensi. I know it was a rough game, but it's kind of, I feel like it might have been a letdown. You know, the big win. They probably took the Jets too easily. I don't know. I'm trying to get the benefit. I still like Sensi. I still like Joe Burrow a ton. I, I and, think I think sneaky defense play this week. Sensi against a banged up Cleveland yeah. team that just yeah. only put up um, 10 points. So. You see uh, you see OBJ's quote that said maybe this Baker thing isn't going to work out after all. Really? No, I yeah. did not see that at all. So, uh, and uh, the the Vegas in New York game is uh, for whatever reason. I mean, it's five and two versus two and five, but Vegas getting uh, giving three points on the road. I don't know if I like them. I think I might take the Giants. Have been they're they're one of the better two and five teams. Welcome I'll aboard. Say that. Welcome so. aboard. <laughs> I've been uh, team Danny Dimes over here all season. Welcome aboard. Yeah, look, uh, you know, uh, just Saquon could be back too. You know, it seemed like he was pretty close to playing this week. So it's just what receivers stay healthy? Like Slayton was oh, there, but man, hurt. they all like, Good Tony and Shepard and Pettis all got hurt again on Monday night. It's Slayton crazy. can't catch the oh. ball. Kyle Rudolph is their best receiver right now. It's insane. It's tough. So it's tough. and Booker caught a bunch of balls too. So uh, you know, uh hopefully Saquon is back. But uh that's an interesting game too. But I think that's everything for me. 
Yeah, no, it'll be a fun week. It always is. Even when the slate looks rough, there's always something to catch your attention. But last week we said it was going to be rough. Overall, it was. This one looks interesting. It'll be fun when we really dig in later this week. But until then, make sure you check out LineStar on Twitter at LineStar app and at LineStar NFL and download the app in the Apple App Store and the Google Play Store. Like I said, everything you need. And we kind of went through some of the other stuff we haven't talked about before. There's all kinds of cool stuff on there that really, if you want to dig in and put the extra work in, can really make you a better DFS player. So I highly recommend checking it out. Check out Blogman on Twitter at Blogman Sports. I'm at BD Andrick. We'll be back with you guys on Thursday with the Bets and Pick Show as well as Thursday Night Showdown where I go 2-0 and on Blogman. Mm. We'll see you guys yeah. later. See ya. Thanks for listening to Pre-Snap Podcast presented by Line Star App. Please like, comment, subscribe, and rate for good karma in your fantasy football game.